You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. We're talking about forgiveness. We're still on forgiveness. Uh, I gave you a break last week. Brought in Miss Roxanne. Uh, for those of you who are new here, I... Uh, I serve in an apostolic function for this congregation. My wife actually serves as the pastor here. And uh, I've been with this congregation for more than three years, probably, I guess. And uh, just about less than a year ago, we we took over the senior pastor role, the two of us. And uh, as our pastor, uh, Curtis Coker, decided he needed to go to Minnesota and start a church. Uh, you either have to have God talking to you to go to Minnesota in the winter to start a church, or you, have, or you might just be crazy. But we're hoping it was God. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's going quite well for them. They're they're pretty happy with things that are going there, and uh, we'll get a full report from him when he comes. He'll be here next month in March to preach and to minister. He's going to be here for the Wednesday night before our conference, and our conference is, that's the 12th, and our conference starts the 13th, 14th, and 15th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and um, then he'll be speaking on the 16th of Sunday morning. And as you know, that means that I travel quite a bit with my function, which is why I was not here last week for any of you who were here last week. Did you all enjoy Miss Roxanne Alexander's ministry? Amen. Well, I try to see that you're provided for if I'm not here. Amen. We're talking about forgiveness, so uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we didn't get to the last thing. We talked about five aspects of forgiveness last week. This week I want to spend a, a lot of time on this last one. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 30, let's read together. Ephesians 4, 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Not part-time sealed, not sealed until you do something stupid, but you're sealed unto the day of redemption, all the way to redemption day, praise God. That means a full redemption of your body. You're sealed that far. It's not a partial sealing, and it wasn't your, it wasn't your doing. It was God's doing. He made up his mind. He wanted you in heaven, so he sealed you all the way to the day of redemption. Somebody ought to say Amen. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Jesus told the Jews, if you won't forgive, you can't be forgiven, but Paul, receiving instruction from Jesus, told us not to try to get our forgiveness by forgiving but forgive because we've been forgiven, praise God. Until you've been forgiven, you really can't properly forgive. You're always going to be working for your own benefit. How how strange is that that you only forgive somebody so you can be forgiven yourself? When you've been forgiven, you live a life of forgiveness and there's no no strings attached. You just forgive freely because of all that's happened for you personally. So it's kind of interesting there. He says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I want to tell you this. True forgiveness comes from forgiven people, not from those trying to get forgiveness. True forgiveness comes from forgiven people, not from those trying to get forgiveness. God wasn't trying to get forgiveness when he, he forgave. 
He was just a forgiving God. That's just the nature of, of God to forgive. Unforgiveness grieves the Holy Spirit. You need to see that in that passage. Did it say, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed? Unforgiveness grieves the Holy Spirit. We read down to verse 32, and that's where he was going. And grieve not the Holy Spirit with unforgiveness. Grieves the Holy Spirit. You thought grieving the Holy Spirit was when you, took, when you bought that new pack of cigarettes. Most people think it's because they did something dumb like that, you know, did some, got some little habit, some little sin, some little something. But that's what grieves the Holy Spirit. That's not what grieves the Holy Spirit. What grieves the Holy Spirit is a spirit of unforgiveness. That you get, get your feelings hurt all the time. I had, a, I had a preacher friend of mine who said, well, that offended me. I said, something's wrong with you then. <laughs> well, John, it wasn't, I didn't offend myself. They offended me. I said, yeah, but you're, you're, you, something's wrong with you. You've got to fix what's wrong with you because people are going to do. How many, of you, how many of you lived 15 minutes and figured out that people are going to do dumb things? <laughs> people are going to do things that hurt your feelings. And they may not even know it. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. May not even know it. I like the way it says it here. Let all bitterness and wrath and all that flee away. So you can just let it happen. It's like the power that's in you is trying to make it happen, and the only reason it doesn't happen is because you won't let it. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good now. <laughs> he said, let it happen. It's trying to happen. Your heart's telling you this needs to happen, but something, some bitterness, something of the soul doesn't let it happen. Let it happen. And it says, let it all go. Come on, tell two people. You've got to let it happen. got to let it happen. Let it happen. It might have, that might have been something that happened on the way here this morning. Let it, just let it go. Let it. I know how it is when you're raising kids and trying to get them all dressed and trying to get them to church on time and snipping and snapping and all that stuff goes on barking at each other right up to the, the greeter opens the front door for you. <laughs> Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> and let, 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 let it all be put away. H how much are you supposed to put away? Well, I, I'm, I'm mostly there. I'm mostly there, brother. I, I nearly, I nearly got. There's just, just one thing, and I just can't let go of because you have no idea what that jerk did to me. I'm not gonna let my walls down no more. Well, if you live 99% right, if we're Christina works the phone company, <laughs> if they're just 99% right, if they're just 99% right, <laughs> you're not gonna have a phone for 15 days or uh, for uh, no. For, for, you're not going to have a phone for three hours a day. Is that all right? If they're just 99% right, uh, Dylan works for the post office. If he's only 99% right, you're going to miss. You're going to lose 1.7 million pieces of first-class mail every day, and that's 99% right. If hospitals, if the maternity ward is 99% right. They're only going to drop 120 newborn babies on the floor 
every day. Here in America. Greg C., I'm going to try to pick on everybody that works, everybody here. If Greg C. and his, his occupation, if they're just 99% right, they give the wrong drugs to the wrong people 550 times a day. Is 99% okay? That's not okay, is it? If the water company is just 99% right, that means three days every year you've got to drink polluted water, unsafe water, three days. Is that okay? No, and it's not okay, it's not okay to live with some things that's not right in your soul. You've been sealed all the way to redemption. But God sealed you so you could live in joy and victory and freedom. That one little thing, that thing, that one little hook, that one name that you cannot stand to hear uttered. Oh, it got quiet in here, didn't it? I'll tell you how it holds on or how you actually can put it all away. Number one, by how you feel. And number two, by what you say. That's what this passage says. We're going to talk about it further. Number one, by how you feel. And number two, by what you say. You can put it away by how you feel and by what you say. Look at the first thing it says we've got to put away. Bitterness. All bitterness. The Greek word here for this is pikria. P-I-K-R-I-A. And it actually, it can mean bitterness, but it really means poison. Now, if you've got bitterness in you towards someone, what do you have in you? You've got poison in you. And it's not touching them or hurting them or fixing them at all. Poison in you. I heard one guy say, one guy say, I got food poisoning the other day. I don't know when I'll use it. <laughs> well, you, you can't use it. It's only going to affect you. Anybody here, if I asked you the question, why John the Baptist died at such a young age, you're going to say, he was a martyr for the cause. I'm going to say that's not true. I don't believe John, I mean, he, he did die for his faith in some sense. He was in prison for his faith, but, but Jesus warned him. Let's read Matthew chapter 11. I got some verses for you, Matthew eleven three. John the Baptist sent messengers to Jesus. John the Baptist sent messengers to Jesus and asked the question here, verse 3, and said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Now, here's John the Baptist who saw something that you have never seen. The Bible didn't say he saw a dove. The Bible said he saw the Holy Ghost. Anybody here ever seen the Holy Ghost? No, you've seen his actions. He's like the wind. You've seen what he did. But the Bible says John the Baptist saw the Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove. It didn't say he saw a dove. It said he saw the Spirit. I've never seen that. I've seen the Holy Ghost do a lot of stuff, but I've never seen him. I've felt him. I've experienced him. He's blown through and into my life, but I, I, I've never seen him. Come on, be honest. Anybody here ever seen him? No, you've never seen him. John did. John saw him. It says clearly in several passages, John saw the Holy Ghost. Wow. 
Here's a dude that's done something that nobody's ever done. He stood on the banks of the Jordan River, and when he saw Jesus coming, he canceled Judaism's need for a Passover lamb by saying, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. I mean, that's a stand-up prophet. But the anointing was on him. Remember, he's an Old Testament prophet. He's not a New Testament prophet. Jesus had not. I know, but I read about him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I know, but he's still an Old Testament prophet because Jesus had not yet died for sins. Had not yet died for sins. The New Testament didn't kick in until Jesus died and rose again. It was all talked about. Even Jesus wasn't preaching under the New Covenant. He was preaching about the New Covenant coming but it had not yet happened to any of them. John says it clearly in John chapter 4 when Jesus, he quotes Jesus, Ho, oh, everyone who drink, who's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink of the waters of life freely, for out of him shall flow rivers of living water. And John said, This he spake of the Spirit, which as yet had not fallen upon any of them, for Jesus was not yet glorified. All that had to take place before the Spirit came on us as we know Him now where He lives on the inside of us. Christians ought never pray for a visitation. That'd be like me saying to Miss Ann, Hey, Miss Ann, after church, why don't you come visit me at your house? <laughs> kind of stupid, isn't it? Stupid for a Christian to, to pray for a visitation. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't visit. That, that's an Old Testament thinking. It's Old Testament thinking. That's not New Covenant thinking. It's Old Testament thinking, having God way off up there and you here. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I didn't write the Bible. Paul did. Amen. For you Gentiles, Paul did. John the Baptist did not have that. And when he's in prison, the Holy Ghost is not on him. And he says, he's just like any ordinary man. Uh, uh, go ask Jesus if he's really the one. What? John, boy, you're the, whole, you're the one that told the whole world he was the one. You stood up, faced down the Pharisees and told them he was the one. You saw the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with him. The Spirit's not with him anymore. He just like Samson, got his hair cut. He just like David when he doesn't go out to war and sees Bathsheba. He just like all the great Old Testament guys who did not have the Holy Ghost when he wasn't on them. He didn't have it. He was he, he's just an ordinary man. An ordinary man. You the one, or should we look for another? Let's hear Jesus' words. Verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, thank you, Jesus, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Praise be to God. And blessed is he whoso... Go tell John. And blessed is he... Go tell John... And blessed is he whosoever shall not be, go tell John to not be offended about me. What was wrong with John? He was offended. He was offended. You get the answer right here. Jesus knew. Those, those, other, those disciples didn't know John was offended. Jesus knew by the question John was offended. Man, I set him up in ministry. I went around everywhere. He wouldn't even have been as great a Messiah as he was had it not been for me. 
Man, I opened the door to ministry to him. I gave him his first place at TBN. I mean, I, I let him on my show. I took up offerings for him. Man, I, I did everything for him. I can't believe it. He just got there just going and went, here I am in prison. What's he doing for me? You, you, I, wonder, I wonder if he, if, if he really is a Messiah. How come I'm in jail? Hmm? Got offended. Jesus could hear it in the question. Can I say to you, that's why John died? I just dare believe it. I know it breaks all kinds of icons about him. But Jesus said John was offended. By that answer, he's saying, he's, you go tell him. If he wants to be blessed, he better stop this. You go tell him. If he, if he wants to be blessed, he better stop this offense he's got toward me. Apparently, he died offended. We don't see where he repented. We don't see where he said, oh, God, what have I done? Please go, go, tell, him, go tell him I still believe in him. I know what you're thinking. Well, is John the Baptist going to be in heaven? Yes, he's in heaven because he, he, he died still expecting Messiah. He died still expecting Messiah. All who died with faith in Messiah, none of them who were there really knew Jesus. They just knew Messiah was coming. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Wow. What a thought. That offense, offenses can actually make you doubt what you thought you'd never doubt. Getting offended can make you doubt what you thought you'd never doubt. Because when you're offended, you start saying, why did this happen to me? Then you say, why did God let this happen to me? <laughs> then pretty soon, you don't even know what you believe. If you read the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4, she speaks six times and reveals six barriers to the Holy Spirit as Jesus is talking to her. Miss Ann, would you stand up here and hold this microphone for me? She spoke six times to Jesus and revealed six barriers in her life. Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, well said, for you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not. How many men had she had in her life? Six. I wonder if there's any parallel between those six barriers and those six broken relationships. Thank you, Miss Ann. That's powerful. Powerful. You get offended. You don't know what you believe anymore. Then he says, here's what you... Uh, Here's another thing you're overcoming, not just bitterness, but wrath. Thumos. Thumos. This is one of the base words where we get our word for thermometer. Thumos, passion, heat, thermo. It's one of the, one of the 
cousin words that kind of comes from the same root word. Passion, but this word thumos actually means passion as if breathing hard. <laughs> he said, you kind of need to get that out of your life. <laughs> you really need to get that out of your life. You're just so mad at somebody that you can't. <laughs> it's about how you feel. Bitterness, you overcome by how you feel. You get this stuff out of your life by how you feel. You just you refuse to feel that way. Man, it's a tough deal sometimes, though. You just want to say something. You feel so hot. Yeah, it happens right at home, doesn't it? I've told him ten times. But Miss Ann and I, we, we became, because we were such passionate Bible readers, we became convinced, we had not been trained this way exactly, but we became convinced that when God says, don't feel that way, that meant that I could feel some other way. That meant that I really had charge of how I felt. And I had not been trained as a child to do that, I was trained to obey no matter how I felt. So under my breath, I'd be telling them how much I hated them. <laughs> They'd beat the living daylights out of me and send me to my room. And when I was in my room, I just sat back there and said, I hate you, I hate you. I looked at the door, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Come on, don't look so religious. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I wasn't taught that you could deal with how you feel, but we decided we were going to teach our children that they could change how they feel. We decided we could change, that our kids could have charge of how they felt. So we, when we, they, they needed a spanking, they got their spanking. And they would stand there and let them cry. Normally, you know, you, you know, kids going to cry and they get a spanking. And we let them cry. And when I felt like they'd cried enough, not when they felt like it, when I felt like it. I said, okay, now, now dry it up. If you're still going, <laughs> still got that, well, he can't stop. He can't stop that. <laughs> okay, okay, breathe a little, breathe deep. Okay, okay, now, now stop. <laughs> you know, they finally stop. I'd, let's wipe the tears, and I'd wipe the tears. You okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, now reach in there and get all those bad feelings. They'd pull a little T-shirt out and reach down in there, and they'd get a big wad of bad feelings. I said, okay, let's throw them under, down to Daddy's bed. And I'd hold up my bed. Never did this in their room. I didn't want those things crawling out at night, you know. <laughs> I'd raise a skirt, raise a skirt on my bed, throw them on, under Daddy's bed, and they'd throw them under there. I said, now give Daddy a big smile. And they'd smile real big. See, we just took charge of how we feel, baby. You can change how you feel. Breathe big and smile. Come on, let Daddy tickle you. You tickle him and get him laughing, and they walk out of the room. They never took it personally. We raised three unoffendable children, basically, all living for God, in the in all in the ministry. We didn't call. I didn't call a one of them into the ministry. In fact, I told him, I said, if you can do anything else, go do it. <laughs> Don't let Daddy call you into this, because Daddy'll have to keep you in it. it just you just go do whatever you got to do. And they all ran for a little while, went to do their own thing. Not, not in rebellion against God, but I mean, we went to other, other occupations. But the Lord just apprehended all of them, brought them right in. You can control how you feel. Now, I know if you wasn't raised that way, it's not easy as an adult 
to just take charge of how you feel and say, all right, I now like spinach. I, 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 I now like this or I now like that. I'm going to change how I feel about this or that. Just going to. How it worked for me, what I started to do, I'm going to give you this little tip. I had a person that just, oh. If I told you how he stabbed me in the back, it would make, it'd make me look like I'm trying to get sympathy. <laughs> but he stabbed me in the back. And every time I thought about him, I was so angry. I was angry enough to hurt him, Larry. I want to call Larry up and say, Larry, I need you to take care of a guy for me. <laughs> Man, he was. Uh, mm. But every time I, I thought about it, you know, it went on, for, went on for several months, that angst. And the Lord let me see him. I said, Father, you've got to help me with this. I've got to hear his name and not be mad. And I saw him as a little boy. He, I remember one time he had told me a story of something that happened to him when he was a kid. How they made fun of him because of the way he carried his books to school. And he had to find another way to carry them where they wouldn't make fun of him. He said, man, if, I, if you carried your books this way, well, you were, you were a tough guy. But if you carried them like this, they called you sissy. And he was a kind of little guy, you know, and felt put upon. And, and the Lord let me see that little boy as though he was one of my kids or one of my grandsons. And even though he had done me wrong, wrong, every time I thought about him, I saw that little boy being put upon and picked on. That let me forgive him. <laughs> Just let me love him. And walk away from the pain. He died not long ago. I'm not sure he ever got over his own bitterness. But thank you, Jesus, I got over mine. I have no regrets. You understand? You can get free from your stuff. Amen. Amen. How you feel about them. The passion, the hard breathing, the anger. The anger is the next thing it says. Do you see that there in the passage? That all anger, that all bitterness, wrath, and anger, huh, anger. I'm going to be sensitive here about how I say this, but the word, the Greek word is O-R-G-E. Huh. 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 Orge. Wow. America, we use that word for something else. It's the same word. Unbridled passion is unbridled passion, whether it goes one way or toward anger. Use the same word for it. Mm-hmm. He says, you got to let that flee away. Has all kinds of. See, I've always said, Miss Ann and I, we've studied a lot, studied people, studied, you know, a lot in our education. But I'll tell you, there's a. This comes out in the same action in a rapist. Because rape isn't about sex, it's about. Vengeance. 
but uh, it has this quality to it, this unholy quality to it. When you entertain this orge, this bitterness, this wrath, this anger inside you for too long, it will begin to per pervert other passions you have. It, it starts defiling every part of your soul, every part of your mind, your will, your emotions. God wants us rid of that, not because it's offending Him so much, but because of what it does to us. Stop being angry at people. Get angry at the devil. You're going to be angry. But anger at people is so unhealthy. Put away. Everybody say, put it away. Let it happen. You put it away also by what you say. Notice there. Clamor. Clamor and evil speaking is the next two things. By what you feel. Bitterness, wrath, and anger. And then by what you say. Clamor and evil speaking. These are interesting Greek words too. Clamor means a whole bunch of people talking like a riot. Somebody gets offended, they try to get three or four people talking the same talk. Standing around the corner somewhere and talking about how bad they are. That Miss Ann, who does she think she is coming up here? I know they would never do that about me. That's why I picked on her. <laughs> you get you get a few. Well, 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 and you get called red-handed, you know, on it. Well, they're part of the body too. They, you know, they they deserve to know. I just wanted them to pray with me. No, they weren't praying about you. You were just spreading junk. But but they're part of the body. Well, listen. My nose and my armpit are part of the same body, but I don't think they need close fellowship. <laughs> Some people you just need to stay away from. <laughs> Amen. Clamor. <laughs> Krauge is the, is the word there. K-R-A-U-G-E. Krauge means rallying others to your cause. Creating a tumult. And the last thing is evil speaking. Evil speaking. Do you have Greek on there, uh, Israel? Do you have the Greek on there? Could you put up the Greek word for evil speaking? Wait till you get this. Oh, oh! we never think of blasphemy against people. But there's the word used about how we talk about each other. We always use blasphemy, the words used against God. But let me say, fellas, if you talk about how, how ugly your wife's feet are, you're talking about her. Sweetheart, I love you. You are gorgeous. Except you got the ugliest feet I've ever seen. No, you ain't talking about something separate from her. You're talking about her. No, I'm just talking about her feet. You see, this is how Jesus feels about his own body. 
when you when you running down his body, you're running down him. Amen. Blaspheme blasphemia is how you say it. Blasphemia. Not hard to interpret that word into blasphemy. Evil speaking. You gotta just let it go. Because you can let it go. And I'm telling you this today to elevate your faith, not to scold you. I'm not like that. You know I'm not scolding you for I'm saying I'm telling you you can because I know you can. God would not give us orders to do things that we weren't able to do. And if you hear me say you can do it, you'll tell yourself when you're feeling that I want to kill them. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. I can turn this loose. I can be free. I can just let joy come in. I can just let it happen because the spirit of life is on the inside of me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is on the inside of me trying to, trying to make it happen so I can just let it happen. Hallelujah. And if you speak in other tongues right now, you can just start speaking in other tongues right there. Glory to God. Just drive that stuff away. Let your inner man get built up big. If you don't speak in tongues yet, you will. <laughs> We're for you. Amen. Or you can just be joyful in the Lord. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Open your mouth and say sweet words instead of blasphemous words. I can't believe that guy. Wow, you're setting yourself up for your own poisoning. You follow this? God wants you free because he really likes you. The Lord loves you. He wants you free like he is free. Amen. He's never concerned about who's getting elected. John D. Rockefeller said he didn't, he, he, said, he said, I don't care who's king as long as I got the money. <laughs> well, God doesn't care who's king. He has all the power. Amen. And the money. Got it all. All you have to do is turn loose. I was uh, driving my car one day down the farm road that goes past my house called Miller Road. I was young. Miller Road in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Goes right by the Holler Ranch. Ranch. We had about 200 acres. We were, and, and, and uh, got, uh, got right, just started on the Miller Road, just turned the corner. And right there, Willard Crabtree lived right on the corner. That's really his name. Willard Crabtree lived right on the corner. And Willard had the place right next to our place. He had, I don't know, 80 or 100 acres in there and right next to our acres, our place. When you turn the corner, you see into this backyard. You see a tree back there. And I saw his prize pit bulldog hanging from a rope in the backyard. Hey, Willard had three teenage boys, and I assumed that that dog had killed something they loved because it would kill anything that got around it just about. It's kind of a vicious dog. Not toward people, but toward other animals. He was bad. I just assumed that that dog had killed something, that, a chicken or something, and they just strung him up. That's the way the boys kind of would think probably held a trial and guilty and string him up, you know, just to see what it was like. 
I drove by there, and there's that dog hanging from that big well rope. Uh, and he's he's jerking. Oh, oh, I gotta stop. I, I just knew if that if Willard came home and those boys had hung that dog, he would kill them. So, cause I knew him pretty well, I I, I, just, I backed up and pulled in the driveway and jumped out and ran back there, reaching for my pocket knife to try to cut the rope. And I got there, and the rope wasn't around the dog. The rope had a knot in the end of it, and he had it in his mouth. And he was going. Just, just going at that rope. I was going, oh, this is strange. <laughs> and I'm talking about it was this high. It was like seven feet high. I was going, my Lance, what is that? That's weird. About that time, those three boys filed out the back door. Hey, John, what are you doing? I said, what am I doing? What's going on here? <laughs> I said, oh, I just spike. He, he's practicing. Practicing for what? Well, he's a pit bull. He he fights. I said, y'all know that's illegal. Oh, yeah, but, you know. Okay. He practicing. Practicing? Well, how long has he been there? They said, oh, we don't know. Don't know when he jumped up there. He just does it all on his own. They said he'll hang there for 15 or 20 minutes. I didn't know what to say. I said, well, how did he get up? He got up there by, you had to put him up there. I said, no, he jumped up there. I went, oh, Jesus. <laughs> this dog, he can jump that high with, and grab a, a rope. Uh, uh, uh. Woo, bad dog. <laughs> I said, I don't believe you. I think you put him up there. They said, no, 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 no. That's, I said, can you get him down? They said, nope. You can't get him down. I, they said, I guess if you shot him or something, you can get him down, but <laughs> he's got to come down by himself. I said, all right, I'm going to stand here and watch this. So we just stood there. And, <clears throat> I mean, five or ten minutes, we talked about how th things were going with the crops and school. <laughs> they, were, they were basketball players and, you know, Crabtree boys all played with great basketball and tackle. And, okay, 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 okay. Finally, the dog, huh, 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 huh. And dropped down. And he couldn't get over it though. Even though it, hang on. Even though he'd let it go, he walked around in a circle looking up at that knot. <laughs> and growling at it every now and then. <sighs> he just kept talking about it. Kept talking about it. Oh, I hate that knot. Oh, I can't believe how that knot just hangs there and assaults me with its, oh, I'm going to get... I said, boys, uh, let me see you make him do it again. They said, oh, he'll do it. He'll do it on his own here in a minute. I said, well, try to, try to get him to do it again. They went, come on, Spike, come on, come on. And they'd kind of do the, like that. Here in a minute, he did a little circle and just bounced up there and grabbed that thing. He went, went and started all over again. When you let it go, you got to let it go. You keep circling down there below. You, you get in a church service, you know. You get in a church service, you know. And the preacher says, let it go. He says, okay, thank you, Jesus. I've let it go. Hallelujah. Then you get in the car and you start circling. <laughs> uh, man, do I have to let it go all the time? 
Come on, say it with me. I'm not Crabtree's bulldog. I'm turning it loose. Let's stand up on our feet and pray together. Glory to God. Come on. I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Casey, you think you could play or sing something? I'm, well, I'm going to minister to the people on top of it. I want some music playing because we're going to move into the spirit. I'm going to give you an exercise for living and walking holy. Some little, little simple little something. A simple little something. Reach out and just grab hold of something real tight right now with your fists. Just grab it real tight. Just hold on. Hold on till you almost feel yourself getting exhausted. Just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tight, 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 tight. Hold it tight. Hold it tight, tight. Now let go. You get that sense of relief? You get that sense of relief? Sense of relief. Relief. We're going to do it again. But I want you to see that thing you've got a hold of. It's really got a hold of you. Come on, get a hold of it. Uh, you might need to call a name. You might need to talk about a situation. You might need to, you know... And then see yourself releasing them. Just release. Let him go. Just let her go. Because you're letting yourself go when you do that. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. Peace, 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 Jacob stripped those, those, the bark off of those rods. and As an action of faith, it didn't mean anything. That doesn't make cows half-spotted calves, but somehow his faith connected to that little action caused cattle to do what they don't normally do. And I thank you, this little action of faith that the people of God here today have taken with a clenched fist and releasing it is like stripped rods. It's going to make what normally wouldn't happen happen this time. We're through growling at the rope. Turned it loose today and peace come. Real forgiveness come to the people of God so that the joy of the Lord can flow in and through their lives like never before. This is a great day of breakthrough for the people of God. Why don't you lift your hands and let me pray with you. Father, I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding that this action of faith that we've taken here today as these that have their hands raised, funnel your glory into their lives now. Funnel your grace into their lives now. Funnel the flow of the Holy Ghost into their lives now. That they can not only be forgiven and forgive, but they can be a conduit for your forgiveness to flow through others. Hallelujah. Those who are on the outside don't even know. I pronounce a blessing today, a blessing on the people of God, the blessing of a free heart for forgiveness. No wrath, no bitterness, no anger, just 
Good speech, good speaking, words that create life and peace and joy and health for the sake of the gospel in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, why don't you hug about four people, find four people and say, you are free today. You are free today. Amen. Find somebody and hug them and say, you are free today. You are free today. You are free today. Amen. You are free today. You are free today. You are free today. You're free today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.